turned silent mode on anyways hello and welcome to again again that's the chair i will switch it out eventually andy's over here busting <laughs> ass loudly while i'm over here busting ass silently <laughs> uh, welcome cheers, to Mandy. our mid-december episode cheers <laughs> cheers guys we are creeping closer to christmas and i don't like we're it we're farting our way through the holiday season and we're rumbling our tumblies <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I wanted to update Katie real quick on, and you guys as well, because you have heard the saga of my creepy neighbor. Oh, the saga continues. Yes. So I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. So I need to look it up real quick. I'm so excited that there's an update. Yes. So over the Thanksgiving break, I had, um, my niece staying with me. Oh, so this is really recent. Yeah, this was just recently. So for us now, it's only December 3rd. When you listen to this, it's probably going to be like... December 8th. Ish. <laughs> ish. But, um... So... And we're like, welcome to mid-December. <laughs> well, because we have an episode before this to put out. Yeah. So it'll probably be another week and a half. But anyway, you, you guys... If you don't remember, you got to listen back to the early episodes because it's way too much to go over. But my And there's neighbor, a lot of talk about this creature. Yes. My neighbor is creepy, but I haven't updated him in a while because not much has happened. So, as you know, if you've been listening, Katie and I, when we're on my deck at night and we're, like, talking, we always feel like he's there. Yeah. Right? And then I told you how Moose went up to the fence and was, like, barking. And, and then he barked a back. A human barked back. Yeah, yeah. And it was him. So anyway, so my niece is spending the night, and nowadays it gets dark at like 5 o'clock. Like, mm-hmm. it's night time, you know? So this is probably about 7 o'clock at night. My uh, my niece and my kids were on the trampoline, and my niece... So my dog starts barking, 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 and my niece was looking towards the other side of the fence where Moose was barking, and she said she saw... The shadow of, she thought maybe it was a bush, but she said it looked like a person standing like this, like a statue. (laughs) Is there an echo in here? Totally. (laughs) But then she said she saw a shadow of a person standing like this, like, like in a walking motion or something. Shut up. And Moose is barking in that area, right? And so they all freak out and they come inside. And so the next morning she's like, I want to look to see if there's a bush there. Cause she thought maybe it was a bush she was seeing. So she goes outside and there's no bush there. And that means there's probably someone standing there. What the fuck? And I hate this man. So then the next night they were like, we want to go on the trampoline. Can you stay on the deck while we're on the trampoline? Cause we're a little scared. And I'm like, okay, fine. So we, um, I mean, it's early though. It's like six, seven o'clock. And, um, I'm on the deck and instantly when they're on there, Moose is barking at the fence, barking, barking, barking. And then where was this along the fence? By the trampoline. Even the first time when it was like, so the first time was like, here's the trampoline. Here's his yard. Here's where we used to keep the boat. Yeah. It was where we used to keep the boat. So he's like up against your fucking house at this point. Yeah. Oh my God. If if it's him. But so she, they definitely saw it and. The next day, they were like, okay, there's no bush there. So then the next night, I'm out there on the deck, you know, and um, I don't know about this at first, uh-huh. right now, at this point. So Dexter comes running up to me. He's like, mommy, I want to go inside. I want to go inside. I'm like, why? And he's like, he's like, I hear footsteps on the other side of the fence. I just, I want to go inside. And I'm like, 
okay, well, go inside. That's fine. You know, it's early. I'm not worried about it. It's just dark because of fucking stupid winter. Goddamn solstice. So then the kids are jumping and then Moose, I let Moose out and he runs up against the fence and he's barking again, like going nuts. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this, you know? And he's moving all around the fence in around the trampoline, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't like this at all. And it just got to the point where like we heard the leaves crunching and stuff and there's no need for him, even though it's like the border of my yard where my fence is and it's the border of his yard. His house is not right there on the border. Like you have to walk up physically to the fence because you want to be by. You have fence. to walk into up the hill and into your yard to right. get to my to, up your to fence. the side of my fence. Yeah. So, but we were all hearing stuff, and then Moose was really he started really going nuts. Like there was someone there, and so they all freaked out and got off the trampoline. And I even told them, I'm like, I'm not staying out here. You guys need to come in now. Yeah. So I don't know, but the. The weirdest part was how my niece saw the shadow of a person just like this. But like when she showed Mandy's like, making like basically an upright chalk outline. Yeah. Drawing. Like, like, you know, the thing the, Walk like an Egyptian the yellow, deal. the yellow road crossing signs. And sometimes it has like a stick figure walking across yeah, like that. But it was like frozen in place. And so she was freaked out. She said it looked like a person, but. She thought at the time that it was probably a bush and she was just like seeing things. Mm -hmm. Well, the next day it was not a bush. So I don't know. God. But some shit is weird. He still also has his Halloween lights up. I noticed that. I was just about to mention that. And all he. His Halloween lights are just a strand of orange lights over his door and they're very poorly put there. But. But they're like big orange. Like gaudy bulbs. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it sounds crazy. I know. But when you get like a gut feeling about these kind of people, like you just, you have to and my, trust it. My gut feeling with him started immediately. Yeah. Like mine too. He's very, just, very early on. Yeah. He, there's something just wrong with this guy. So moving on. That's my update about my creepy neighbor. Mm. I'm sure it's going to get worse because I feel like things are happening a little bit more frequently now, but... Well, he's getting closer to my Well, house. and that's just it. He's starting to get closer and he's getting fucking creepier. Right. Because another weird thing is like when he was at my fence and he was barking back at the dog. Okay. But it's fucking pitch black. Mm-hmm. Why don't you have a flashlight? If you're doing something in your why yard, is he why don't you have a flashlight? Why your fence exactly. hiding behind trees? Because he knows I can't see him, I think. Well, well that's the correct answer. Yeah, because if but you were like, doing something, you would have a light to guide your way to do whatever you're doing. Well, yeah. And my deck is like a giant spotlight on you because it's and all you can fucking see. Right, and standing on the deck, it's like you look out and it's fucking pitch black. Right, but anyone in the pitch black can, can see, you, see on you on the deck. It's deck. like you're on stage. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, moving on, I would like to challenge Katie to a round of Would You Rather. Oh, my favorite. (laughs) We haven't done it in a while. I think Uh, we've only done it live, actually. mm -hmm. I don't think we've done it on the show. So I had a really funny Would You Rather, and I thought about it at work, and I was like, okay, when we record, I'm just going to ask her whether she wants to play or not, (laughs) because I just, it was making me giggle a little bit when I was Mm -hmm. at work. Great. (laughs) That means it's another impossible fucking question. So here's, and I'm going to look like an ass either way. Here's my would you rather. Oh, shit. Would Is you, it only one? Well, I have one right now, but I might have a rebuttal once I hear yours. Oh, shit. Okay. Would you rather live in a house where every time you went down a hallway, a scary ghost jumped out and chased you down the hallway? Every single every single hallway in your house. Do I know the ghost? No. Oh, okay. It's just a creepy ghost. But it's like a jump scare, and then it chases you, which is like the worst fucking thing ever. <laughs> so every hallway in your house, no matter where you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> you enter the hallway, boom, it starts fucking chasing you, and you have to just book like, it. Like haul ass? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, or B, you have a jump scare ghost living under your bed. Right every time you're about to fall asleep, boom, it pops up. Oh my god. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm just picturing a ghost chasing you down the hallway. 
Like, I, being chased is like my worst shit, but I also don't want something jumping out from underneath my bed either. I don't like jump scares, period. <laughs> like, I... Well, both are jump scares. Just no, I after know. the jump scare chases you down the hallway. But if I can't sleep... <laughs> this, this is literally... Literally. This is literally... This is literally... This impossible. is literally so impossible. This is impossible. How is anyone supposed to answer this? <laughs> um, I guess I'd want to be chased down the hallway because if I can't sleep, that's bullshit. And I guess instead of walking down the hallway, I'd start jumping out of windows. Dude, because this is bullshit. If I knew that was happening to you, I would legit set up cameras in every hallway in your house. <laughs> Just so I can watch it jump out and chase you. Oh my god. <laughs> it would yeah. be so fucking funny. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That'd, that'd be so awesome. Proof of the paranormal, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> mm, yeah. It would get old quick. Well, I have one for you. Okay. <laughs> would wow. you rather stick your finger in your dad's butt or suck all of the snot out of your dog's nose? <coughs> oh, that makes me want to gag. Me too. Oh, Especially because I've seen your dad and your dog. (laughs) I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. That's not an option. Damn it. Stick my finger in my dad's butt. (laughs) Just fucking disgusting. We're going to use the word ass. His ass. We're going to drive it home. Well, that's not Pun intended. That's never going to happen. So you're going to suck. Oh, I can't even say it. Suck the snot out of Moose's nose. Her dog is a good, like, 200 pounds, <laughs> and his head is as big as... And he is leaking from every orifice at all times, <laughs> so that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and pick that, because it wouldn't be awkward between me and my dog afterwards. <laughs> I would never be able to look at my dad again. <laughs> I mean, that just... There's no coming back from that. So one night of, like, sucking... Throwing up dog snot <laughs> is... Is the the option for me? <laughs> My stomach hurts. All right, let me think of one for you. Okay, let's do one more. Let's see. I'm gonna sigh. Would you rather have no arms and no legs, and I had to push you around like a stump in a wheelchair? <laughs> Or I have no legs. (laughs) Or arms. (laughs) (laughs) Or all right, so you're just basically a stump of a human. I'm a stump with you have a a veg. You have a stump and a head. Mm -hmm. Um, Or would you rather have accordion shaped legs? So every time you walked, (laughs) it was like (laughs) fucking weird, and you had penises for arms. Anything that gives me dick arms. Is my choice. Damn it, I made it too easy. I couldn't think of anything. I just choked. But seeing you walk down the street with accordion legs would be worth all. That would be fucking dope. I'd be like, look at my legs. You'd be like in a freak show for sure. I would be the freak show. (laughs) And I would charge people just to lay their eyeballs upon me. Damn it. I wanted that to be harder, but I just couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Okay, Mandy. Yes. Mandy. What? Here's an impossible question for you. Oh, I don't like impossible questions. Impossible question number one. Okay. Would you rather stick a toothpick (laughs) under your toenail and kick a wall? Oh my god. That's like the fucking Terrifier movie shit. Or Mm. stick a chisel between your two front teeth and bite down and pull. Oh. Well, for appearances only... (laughs) (laughs) only i'm going for the toothpick under the toenail but god damn that's torture literally i mean maybe not only so the chisel in the teeth sounds painful too but also you're with you have lasting effects from that yeah your smile is now fucked and potentially your toe also (laughs) yeah well i can hide my toe i can't hide my teeth very well (laughs) but you can't hide your limp your wimp i'd rather limp and have like teeth in my face Okay. Would you rather... Wait, did you just say instead of having teeth in your face? Teeth in my face, yes. I meant my mouth. (laughs) Instead of having teeth in your mouth? Yeah. You have teeth in your mouth. Instead of not having teeth in your mouth. Oh, I'm like, wait. I'm not sure what I said at this point. You're confusing me. I don't know what's happening. 
Would you rather swim 300 meters through shit mm-hmm. or dead bodies? Oh! <laughs> Hand me some nose plugs because we're going through shit. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. I'm You're- sorry because dead bodies are better. Yeah, but I feel like shit, you get like E. coli in a second. I feel like dead bodies, there would be like everything that their bodies released. Oh, yeah, that's so So gross. I, I'll take turds for $4,000. R.I.P. R.I.P. Pour one out for my brothers. Right. Okay. Would you rather drink a gallon of cum or oh, eat a quart oh, no. of shit? Oh, my gosh. Bon appetit, lady. Well. Are you thirsty or are you hungry? I've never tasted shit. <laughs> so I'm gonna go well, with that's what I, good. I'm gonna go with what I know. <laughs> and I don't want E. coli, so I'm going with a gallon of cum. Bud appetite, drink up. Oh, I can't even think about it. Maybe we can make it into a smoothie. Oh god no. Pineapple yeah. juice? Mm. Well, you maybe can watch that. it curdle. Actually, I have heard this is like a weird thing, but I've heard that if a guy eats a lot of pineapple before that stuff enters your mouth, I'm it's supposed sure to taste bullshit. sweeter. But I've never tested it because that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's bullshit. I don't know, but I've also heard if they eat asparagus, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like chocolate? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay. Like the duty train? <laughs> oh my God. All right. Tis time for some Christmas shit. So we'll be right back. After these messages from Zero Sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> but some pretty cool Christmas music. Let's shake her ass. St. Nicholas Day, New Year's Day, and Epiphany, as well as Christmas, often incorporate earlier pagan traditions that have been appropriated and adapted for contemporary use. Customs that encourage little children to be good so as to deserve their Christmas gifts often come with a dark side, the punishment you'll receive from a monster or evil being of some sort if you aren't good. These nefarious characters vary from place to place, and they go by many different names. Like Beelzebub. That goddamn Beelzebub. That goddamn Beelzebub. So let's start with Le Père Fritard. So in case you guys are wondering what the fuck we're talking about. We're talking about Christmas monsters. The 12 monsters of Christmas. Dun, dun, dun. All right, continue. All right, so. This is a chair again. Happens uh, all the time. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's what we're really doing, guys. <laughs> We're really in bed right now. <laughs> Some rickety ass chair. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Le Père Fruitard. So Le Père Fruitard is a French-Belgium Christmas boogeyman with one foot in history and the other in a pagan past. Dressed in dark robes with a sooty face and unkempt hair and a beard, children can hear him coming from the sound of the slapping of his whip. Le Père does not work alone he also follows St. Nicholas from house to house, acting as his punisher, dispensing coal and beatings to the naughty. Ooh, fucker. He's a bad boy. He is a bad boy. I love bad boys. Maybe we should meet up sometime. Hey, boo. Bring <laughs> your whip. The most popular story of Le Père Fritard dates from around 1150. In this tale, he was either an innkeeper or a butcher with particularly evil habits. One day, he and his wife captured three boys on their way to a religious boarding school. 
They robbed the boys of their money and then disposed of them most gruesomely, slitting their throats, cutting them up, and stewing them. Ew, fuckers. I don't know. It sounds kind of amazing. I did hear that he was a cannibal. I do love a good stew. A good child stew. Mmm, tasty. (laughs) St. Nicholas heard of the crime and resurrected the children. Of course he fucking did. Well, good. I'm just... They're innocent children. How do you know? He seeks out the bad. Well, they're still children. I mean, my kids are bad all the fucking time. Doesn't mean you can eat them. Well, maybe. We can always feed the youngest one to the neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'd love that. I'm sure he would, fucking pervert. (laughs) St. Nicholas heard of the crime and resurrected the children. On seeing this miracle, the evil innkeeper repented. He either volunteered to help St. Nicholas as penance or else was forced by the saint to assist him every Christmas, punishing the bad while the saint rewarded the good, a.k.a. the Father Whipper or the French Christmas Cannibal. Yep, he is a cannibal, little fucker. He is actually my favorite of these 12 monsters, and in a later episode, I'm actually going to like take a deep dive yeah. into him because when we were reading about them... Uh-huh. He was my favorite. There, his story actually goes really far back. Yeah, a lot of them did, but my attention span is like super short. So I thought by like reading all these abbreviations of Hell his monsters, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, this and, is my, my jam. Yeah, I figured we should do this and then we could pick some of our favorites. And, and like, randomly just, yeah, just fucking dive like, down. Yeah. Or you can, I'll just listen. It'll be awesome. Sure. <laughs> All right, our next Christmas monster is the Tomte. Tomte? In Nordic folklore, the Tomte is reputed to safeguard the farmer and his family, as well as the land the farmer owned or worked on against any misfortune. It was especially during the night that the Tomte was actively being protective. In ancient times, the Tomte had links to the original inhabitor of the farm, as the Tomte was believed to be the soul of that man. So I guess it's like the person who owned the farm originally, Mm -hmm. he takes on that soul and then that person continues to guard the next people who live there. That's what it sounds like. And so on. Mm -hmm. Um, During early Christianity, (laughs) it was a frightful accusation to have been linked to having a tomte on your farm. A neighbor farmer could be jealous of his neighbor's wealth and accuse the prospering farmer of keeping a tomte. This carried a huge ramification as now the accused was linked to the devil. Ooh. As the Tomte at the time was considered a heathen. Nice. Generally, the Tomte has in history been a solitary character, not social. The belief in the Tomte has been widespread in Can- <laughs> Not Canada. Scandinavia. <laughs> oh, yeah. I often get that confused with Canada. <laughs> The belief in the Tomte has been (laughs) widespread in Scandinavian countries, and to this day, Sweden still has stories of him. The physical appearance of a Tomte is considered to be extremely short and no taller than half the size of a full-grown human. He is elderly with a long beard and dresses in farmer's clothing. Despite his small size, he possesses surmountable strength. Two, two general ways to irk and anger the Tomte are to change things as the Tomte is a traditionalist. He doesn't like the way things are done on a farm to be changed. The other general way is to disrespect the farm and mistreating animals. <laughs> it is customary to express acknowledgement to the Tomte by leaving him a bowl of porridge on Christmas Eve. This is also a form of ancestral worship as the Tomte has been linked to the soul of the dead, which I think that means the original owner. Right. The Tomte is reputed to especially favor a small cut of butter on top of his porridge. Various tales express how the Tomte would seek revenge if he did not get his porridge by running away and leaving his role as protector or by causing some misfortune or havoc on the farm. A truly angry Tomte has the ability to drive people mad or impart a poisonous bite that may be fatal. Oh my God. I want to be like besties (laughs) with a Tomte. It sounds amazing. A form of the Tomte emerged in the late 1800s who would become known as Jewel Tomte. Jewel Tomte has since been associated with bringing Christmas gifts to the family home of the Christmas at Christmas time. <laughs> that fruit fly. That fruit fly you. like legit almost went in my mouth. <laughs> 
Today, the Tomte still has his traditional characteristics, yet the modern form has become well-marketed. The height of the Tomte is still short, yet sometimes he is viewed as adult size. It's like, <laughs> he is happy, yet sometimes sad. <laughs> he is short, but sometimes tall. <laughs> his He's... desire to remain hidden from humans still exists, as well as his magical skills. Unlike Santa Claus, the Tomte uses the front door, and in Sweden, he lives in the nearby forest. The Tomte is not overweight, and if he does have reindeer pulling his sleigh, the reindeer do not fly. So they just trot through the forest. Yeah. So basically, if you live on a farm, you might have a Tomte protecting it. (laughs) But only in Scandinavia. Right. (laughs) Scanada. In Scanada? If this fucking fruit fly does not get away from my mouth... You know why? It's because I drank wine. I attracted so it, it. flew out of the bottle? Look. I No, I can see the I attracted fly. it with, with my fucking sweet, wine mouth. With your sweet breath? My, my sweet breath. Ooh, I get Frau Pecht. Well, I watched a YouTube video on it today, and they called her Perchta. Were they American? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frau Perchta roams the midwinter nights. Along with an entourage of ghosts, usually unbaptized souls, sometimes demons, <gasps> we're friends. She visits homes during the 12 days before Christmas and Epiphany. Her origins are a bit muddy. She's best known as a figure from Austrian and Southern Germanic folklore, but versions of her can be found all over Europe. Her name means shining one, so she may have started out as a pagan goddess figure that was later twisted into a hag as Christianity enveloped pagan cultures. Well, which that's is literally quite a all, twist. That's literally how all of this started, was pagan roots that were bastardized through Christianity. Yeah, she went from being like a shining star to a like hag. deformed hag. She's a Christmas that's, hag. That's a total transformation. One which I am here for. Mm-hmm. Regardless of her origins, in true medieval style, she is considered the personification of Epiphany and punishes accordingly. Girlfriend. I love her. Katie's like, I created that. Right. This is me. I made life. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. She's a rewarder of the generous and a punisher of the lazy, the liars, and the greedy. Her primary victims, however, are those who don't honor work taboos on her feast day. On her feasties? On her feast. On her feasties. (laughs) What did you actually say? Her feast day. Feast day. Perhaps I should have enunciated. (laughs) (laughs) See, Perkta hates, bold, capital, underline, hates it when folks work on Epiphany. Well, this sounds awfully casual. She takes a special interest in spinners. No, not the bicycle type spinners. The yarn type spinners. Like, I, so when I read that, god damn this fucking fruit fly. Seriously. When I read that, you know what I pictured? Mm. Oh, I almost got it. When I read the spinner thing, I was thinking of uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, You know the spinning yes. wheel that pricks her finger? I don't know if that's what she's talking about. Well, Sleeping Beauty is Germanic, so that's actually a really good that's visual what I saw. that you just provided. She pricked her finger on the spindle people. of the spinning wheel. Right. Don't work on her feast days, Frau Perkta won't. Don't tolerate. work on her feces. <laughs> you on keep saying it so fast. It like I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not a slow talker. Okay. Her Let's... feast days. Don't work on her feast ease. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't work on her feast days, Frau Perkta won't tolerate introverts. You've got to drop everything and spend time with the other members of the community on her feast days. Days. Thank you for the enunciation. Especially dislikes dishonest children. Those little fibbers would have their lying tongues scraped with glass. Bitch! Mm, That sounds painful. That's my girl. But Perkta isn't all belly slitting and tongue cutting. If you were good, she was happy to reward those hardworking souls with a small silver coin. She's cheap. (laughs) So just to clarify... If you failed to meet your spinning quota for the year or worked on her feast day, you got disemboweled and stuffed full of rocks. If you worked hard and did what you were supposed to do, you got like a dime. <laughs> AKA the belly slitter. The belly slitter. Dude, I love her. Gross. She's nasty. So our next 
Christmas monster is Hans Trap. When Christmas approaches, naughty children in Alsace and Lorraine. 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 It's uh, in France. No. Tis. <laughs> I know. Nick is like fucking shaking his head at me right now. <laughs> when Christmas approaches, naughty children in Alsace. No. Alsace and Lorraine tremble when their parents utter the words, Hans Trap is coming. Mm. Everyone knows the trail of Santa's The Tale. Not the trail. Everyone knows the tale <laughs> of Santa's evil counterpart. Can I just say we're batting 100 right now? Yeah. This is like... Amazing. This is a 100 proof episode. I love it. Hans Trapp is a legendary boogeyman from Alsace and Lorraine. He accompanies Santa Claus to punish naughty children at Christmas. While Santa delivers presents and gifts, Hans Trapp delivers beatings. Yes! According- I mean, no, don't beat your kids. Yeah, that's like so bad. <laughs> According Let to the legend, <laughs> during the 15th century, there was a rich and powerful man who lived in the heart of Alsace. His name was Hans Trapp. <laughs> if you didn't already right, know. If you didn't listen <laughs> the first time. The people of Alsace knew him to be vain, cunning, heartless, and cruel. His life was given over to lawlessness and debauchery, and his only goal was to enrich himself by all means necessary. It was said that he worshipped Satan and used black magic and the occult rituals to obtain his wealth and hold on to his power. When the Catholic Church became aware of these misdeeds, Hans Trapp was arrested and brought before the Pope in Rome. He was excommunicated from the church for the crime of sacrilege. When he returned to Alsace, he was ostracized by the local people. Everyone fled from him as if he were a wild beast. (laughs) His money and land were confiscated, and he was left penniless. They say he was forced to exile in the forest and isolated himself from the rest of society. He found shelter on the mountain of Geisberg in Bavaria, Germany, where he built himself a makeshift shaft made from sticks. The solitude caused him to lose his mind, and he went and spent... His days brooding and dreaming of revenge. His anger and resentment were intensified and he became more deeply devoted to Satanism. Descending into madness, Hans Trapp began to dream of eating human flesh. Mm. The evil man was obsessed with this desire to bite into the flesh of a human arm, leg, or thigh. How they know that that's the three parts of the body he obsessed about is weird to me. It could have been the buttocks. That is a very meaty area. The glute. (laughs) (laughs) Some meaty chaps. Could have been the traps that were not muscularized. (laughs) Soft and meaty. Perhaps the little toe. (laughs) (laughs) So what he did is he roamed the countryside and disguised himself as a scarecrow by stuffing his ragged clothes with straw. He spent his time gathering sticks and hay in the field and laying in wait looking for the perfect victim. One day, he spotted a young shepherd boy making his way through the woods. The boy was only 10 years of age, but Hans Trapp was determined to kill and eat him. As he stared at the young boy, he began to drool at the mouth, imagining biting into his delicious and tender flesh. That's disgusting. That's nasty. Before the boy knew what was happening, Hans Trapp pounced, attacking him viciously and running him through with a sharpened stick. Then he dragged the dying child back to his shack where he cut the boy into small pieces and roasted them over the open fire. Jesus. When his monstrous meal was ready, Hans Trapp licked his lips and prepared to taste the human flesh for the first time. However... Before a morsel could enter his mouth, a bolt of lightning came from the sky and struck him dead. As the story goes, God would not allow the abomination to continue and decided to end the crimes of Hans Trapp once and for all. I mean... So he let him kill him, just not eat him? (laughs) It would have been helpful if you struck him dead right before he killed the boy, but... Or before he even grabbed the boy? Yeah. Anything. If anything to get the boy away. But still, Hans is now dead. Since that time, Hans Trapp has remained a terrifying legend in the folklore of Alsace and Lorraine. Lorraine! God damn it! Every Christmas, he goes from house to house, clad in his scarecrow disguise, scaring the life out of small children and drooling greedily over their tender flesh. 
He is also known as the child eating scarecrow of Christmas. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, color me and oh, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, Cheers to Bruce Almighty. You, yo, Lacotorin. <laughs> this is the cat one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. First pronounce it phonetically and then pronounce it correctly. Or I'm sem- not. semi-correctly. So let me preface this by saying I'm not Icelandic, as, as cool as that would be. So it's phonetically, mm-hmm. as an American. Jolakoturin. It would be Jolakoturin. Mm-hmm. But we all know that's wrong. Yeah. Because that you is. You can just go with that for now. That though. is violently American. <laughs> Well, we're American, so we can go with that. It's Yolakatorin. Yolakatorin. And Yolakatorin has his roots traced back to the Middle Ages, my favorite time. Most likely a combination of a few other folklore-worthy animal deities, such as the Yule Goat. Lest we all forget. (laughs) (laughs) But it was not until the 19th century that we have written record of our sweet, cuddly pal. The Yule Cat was tasked with going around on Christmas and eating those who did not receive new clothes on Christmas Eve. The cute and cuddly little kitty is also the house pet to the folklore-heavy hitter Grilla. Grilla is the bloodthirsty ogress who is also the mother of the 13 very mischievous Yule lads who are tasked with giving gifts and rotten potatoes, depending on if the recipient was good or bad. Good for you, Grilla. Yolakatorin looked like a regular cat except for the enormous size claws, eyes that shone like beacons, oh, and its needle-sharp whiskers. Yeah, so all of this foreshadowing with like, oh, cute, cuddly. This thing is a fucking monster. Right, it's huge. It's gigantic. So, like, its head looks normal, but, like, it's like the legs go onto these, like, giant feet with these monstrosity claws and shit. It's just, ugh. Mm. It's weird, yeah. So eyes that shone like beacons and, oh, it's needle-sharp whiskers. Besides that, completely normal. Oh, yeah, it's such a normal Obviously. Yolaka Turin was not a killer in every story, however. In some versions, the cat would peer into windows and simply eat the Christmas meal of those who had not received new clothing. That's in more contemporary stories. Others, he would eat lazy children. You're probably asking yourself, why would this enormous cat worry about new clothing? Hmm, I wonder. Right. Well, it all goes back to farmers. In the autumn harvest, shearing sheep was one of the many tedious jobs to do. Yet wool was so intensely necessary that the hard work was often rewarded with clothing spun from that very wool that farmhands helped harvest. So it can be assumed that the farmers created Yolakaturin as a way to basically say, work hard or there will be consequences. The consequence just happened to be a giant cat eating you right before Christmas. Oh, yum. A.K.A. the Yule Cat. The Yule Cat. Well, that's easier to say than Yolakatorin. <laughs> well, you just said it swimmingly. I said it so swimmingly because I heard you say it already it like was, ten times. It was wonderful. Wonderful. So as you heard in the last monster, Yolakatorin, you heard about the Yule Lads because he's the Yule Cat. Where we have Santa, Icelandic kids can expect visits from a band of bearded wild men known as Yule Lads. They have the best names. The Yule Lads are Icelandic trolls. There are 13 of them who each have their own name and a distinct personality. Every year on December 12th, the 13 mountain men descend from their mountain homes. They come down singly one night each until Christmas Eve, which means 13 full days of fear-driven good behavior. (laughs) <laughs> the lads are said to be the sons of the child-eating trolls, Grilla and Lepalulia. I know how to pronounce it. I have just look at it, though. Where to go? Oh, Lepaldi. There's a D there? Yeah, that's a D. Oh, like Lewis. Sort of. Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> the man All with right. the angel voice. Like large, slightly unsettling versions of Snow White's seven dwarves, each lad has his own quirk. His own silly quirk. name, and his <laughs> uh, his own quirk, his own his own silly name, and his own demands. For instance, spoon liquor requires a battered covered spoon. Sheep warrior tries to harass the sheep. 
And Meat Hook wants a taste of every family's smoked lamb, which he steals with his hook. In exchange for these bribes, good children receive a small gift in their shoes each night. Bad children get a raw potato. Well, that's better than like some bad monster coming to eat you because you were bad. It doesn't have all of them listed. I have a thing of them, but this story does not. Ugh, but I have their the names. The yogurt one and the one that likes the milk bubbles. The sausage one. Yeah. I have all their names. <laughs> They're so funny. The Yule lads weren't always this cooperative, though. A few centuries ago, the lads and their friends Krampus and the Yule cat bypassed the raw potatoes and went straight to kidnapping naughty children. <laughs> Instead of asking nicely, they stole their milk and meat and ate people's candles, leaving families to freeze in the dark. However, the 20th century brought tales of the benevolent Norwegian figure Julianis, which is our Santa Claus, who brought gifts to the good children. The traditions became mingled until the formerly devilish Jolas Vinar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. Again, not Icelandic. Jolas Vinar. Um, became kind enough to leave gifts in the shoes of children that they leave out. If they are good boys and girls, that is. (laughs) These days, depictions of the Yule lads have them dressed in red costumes, slinging big sacks of toys. In other words, the lads now look suspiciously like Santa. This is simply inaccurate. Folklore expert Magnus Scarf... You can do it! Scarf... I wish you guys could see the face you just made. Obscura. He says, I have met more than 800 Icelanders that have seen elves and four or five have seen Yule lads. They were old fashioned dressed, poor, a little dirty and a little rude and hungry trying to get food. Whether the real Yule lads are portly or gaunt, friendly or fierce. Portly. One thing's for sure. When it comes to coercing good behavior out of our kids, they get the job done. A.K.A. Jolazovanir. <laughs> We're just going to go with Yule lads. <laughs> now we get to talk about Gorilla. Let's hear it. She is... The Yule Lad's mommy and the owner of the Kitty Kitty. Mm-hmm. A giantess or ogress who lives in the mountains of Iceland has been terrifying the people since the 13th century, although using her legend to scare children was criminalized in 1746. An especially terrifying figure, Grilla is a giant troll with hooves for feet and sports an impressive 13 tails. Thirteen tails. Thirteen tails. She's a sexy beast. Gross. However, She's like legit a beast. Legitimately a beast. Yeah. However, in all of the depictions of her, like they still have her, like in Iceland. Iceland. In Iceland, they have like <laughs> they still have her in Iceland. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. So, like in Iceland, they have her and her husband, and they even have the cat. What's her so- husband's name again? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I have to. Is it in this one? It's like Leah. It's, it's easy, but I have to scroll it's up to easy. find it. It's not easy. You did say it easily, I did, I did. I can't find it. I did not look up the pronunciation of his name, but I was just trying to stump you. Well, stump me you did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking find it. But, um... It's like Grilla and Leopold. I See, I thought it was like Leopold. Yeah, because it's like a curly you, looking D with a line through it. And I was like, oh, that's it. a D? Mm-hmm. What was it? It's going to drive me crazy. Well, anyway. But anywho. So, um, there's actually like a parade that goes through Reykjavik in Iceland. And it's her and her husband. And the pictures that I've seen, mm-hmm. she doesn't have tails. Well, there's... They're like paper mache, but she does not have tails. Yeah, but I I did read stories where she... they That was the first mention of the tails I saw. Uh-huh. But there's like... She's described a little bit differently in every single story, mm-hmm. you know. You and over time, I think. Yeah, and she's not real, so they could make up anything Wait, they want what? about her. <laughs> Katie, this isn't real. No! This is just folklore. You <laughs> just crushed my Christmas dreams. <laughs> that was really convincing at first. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. The but fact that she like came telling from, you like... Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Gryla isn't real, Katie. She's that never happened. 
Oh, wait. <laughs> ogres aren't real? I mean, I'm not saying ogres aren't real. <laughs> I've dated a few. I'm Actually, I'm not kidding. Okay. So, yeah. In most of these, the, the roots of these stories and these monsters go back to, like, pagan times. Yeah, almost everyone that I looked mm-hmm. up went back to pagan times. Yeah. Oh, Iceland also puts a really awesome, huge, like, lit up sculpture of um, the cat. Uh huh. In, like, their town square or whatever, in some town. In there. Reykjavik, yeah. yeah. And it's humongous. I would love to go there to see all this shit. I would not. Iceland looks like the fucking boringest place on the planet. Well, it's very desolate. Yeah, so. No. Oh. <laughs> I want to go so bad. I, but it sucks because it's not somewhere you can get to easily and just go for like three days and then come home. Actually, that's the perfect place to go for three days and come home. How long does it take to get there? Like five hours. That's it? On one plane. Yeah. My dad and my uncle have done it. Yeah. More than once. Yeah. Three days would probably be my max there. Yeah. If you just stay in Reykjavik, you can do three days easy. One of my clients went and they flew into whatever the main place is, probably what you're talking about. Keflavik is the only airport. Yeah. Well, they flew in and... They got to their hotel, and their kids were like, I don't know, six and ten or something. Oh, I would never take little. And kids. they're they're pulling up to their hotel, and there is a guy, and with his girlfriend bent over the trunk of the car, and they're just <laughs> fucking doing it in the parking lot. And my client, first she didn't even see it. Her kids are like, "Mommy, what's he doing to her?" I'm and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I'm not bringing my kids there. <laughs> Anywho. That was just my Iceland story. <laughs> That's amazing. It makes me want to go even more. Yeah. Maybe like you can get banged out in the middle of a parking lot in broad daylight. Maybe it was uh, Who needs Gryla's the blue lagoon? Husband. Maybe it's Gryla and her husband. All right. Who needs a blue lagoon where you can just get fucking banged in the, the car in park- the parking lot? No, it was on the car, outside of the car. I know. That's what I'm saying. You can just get fucking <laughs> your bottom banged out on the... <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. And especially... Terrifying figure, Gorilla, the lady troll, is in a perpetual bad mood due to her insatiable hunger, dot, 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 for children. For children. For children. Ugh. Ugh. So gross. Each Christmas, Gorilla comes down from her mountain dwelling to hunt for bad children. She places them in a sack and drags them back to her cave where she boils them alive for her favorite stew. What is with boiling children for stew? I know. Seriously. All these cannibalistic... Like, not nightmares. What are they called? Like Monsters. Monsters to scare children. All the Yule Lads answer to Gorilla, their mother. She predates the Yule Lads in Icelandic legend as the ogress who kidnaps cooks and eats children who don't obey their parents. She only became associated with Christmas in the 17th century when she was assigned to be the mother of the Yule Lads. So she wasn't always their mother. They threw them together. Right. According to legend, Grilla had three different husbands and 72 children. Oh my god. She's a hoe. That's who was getting banged out in the fucking park. <laughs> Be like, excuse me, did you see that lady? Was she approximately 12 feet tall? Does she have hooves? <laughs> she have hooves for feet? Right. All who cause trouble ranging from harmless mischief to murder. As if the household wasn't crowded enough, the Yule Cat also lives with Grilla. Loves. Lives with Gorilla. She probably loves Gorilla, too. Right. This ogress is so much of a troublemaker that The Onion, which is one of the funniest publications, blamed her for the 2010 eruption of Oh, my God. I cannot (laughs) wait for Katie to pronounce this. I have been waiting for this moment. Okay, read read the sentence again. I literally cannot. Just do it. Just try. Fucking try. This ogress is so much of a troublemaker that the onion blamed her for the 2010 eruption of the Ayavjala Yoko Volcano. When I saw that word, I was like, how the fuck can this combination of letters make an actual word? Ayavjala Yoko that's let me, the really let me bad. give you guys the spelling of this word real quick. Yeah. So please. this is there's this a lot is, of umlauts and like stressed words. Yeah, but um, I'm not gonna give all that. This is the eruption of a volcano and the volcano It's that big Icelandic eruption that grounded flights from Europe for like two weeks. It is called or it is spelled 
E Y J A F J A L L A J O K U L L. So say that shit ten times fast. <laughs> and as soon as she was getting up to it, I was like, Oh my god, here we go. She's here gonna we go. go. So yeah, <laughs> so that volcano. You know that everyone remembers that shit. Yeah, the jump. The seven full volcano. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Is sorry like, to my friends in Iceland. I love you. I'm so sorry. We're just not If you want to send me a voice clip of how to actually say that, I would love you forever. Really. That would be awesome. Just refer back to my spelling of it so you know which volcano we're talking about. Oh, I would know. Because they're probably so. all spelled very strange. They probably are all spelled like that, but like one letter in it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. One letter and like one umlaut removed. Just <laughs> refer back to my previous <laughs> spelling of it. All right, the next Christmas monster is the most notorious. And he or she is the best. Is Krampus. Dun, dun, dun. Every year in early December, children in Austria get ready for St. Nicholas to visit them. If they've been good, he'll reward them with presents and treats. But if they've been bad, they'll get a lot more than a lump of coal. They'll have to face Krampus. Krampus. He's a horned half-goat, half-demon who comes around every year to chase naughty children, trap them in his sack, and drag them to hell. He's going to stick what in his sack? (laughs) (laughs) He is hairy, usually brown or black, and has cloven hooves and horns of a goat. His long pointed tongue lulls out, and he has fangs. Krampus carries (laughs) chains... Thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. He sounds kinky. He thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. The chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. That makes it more Christmassy. It does. <laughs> All of a sudden, I like literally the second you're like, sometimes there's bells. I'm like, jingle bells, bells jingle bells. bells. That's what like, I was literally in my head. In my head <laughs> I started singing jingle bells. From his pagan origins, again, they right. all come from that, Krampus uses rutin, bundles of birch branches that he carries with which he occasionally swats children. So they're like switches, really. Yeah. Sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. This is to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or transport to hell. Some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in the bag and taken away. So Krampus has origins in the pagan celebration of the winter solstice. Later, he became a part of Christian traditions, which St. Nicholas visited children to reward them on December 5th or 6th. Around that time, his menacing partner would also visit kids to punish them. In Alpine Austria and sometimes parts of Germany, this day was known as Krampusnacht or Krampus Night. When adults might dress up as Krampus to frighten children at their homes, which is so fucked up. Right. (laughs) Children might also have seen Krampus running through the street during a Krampus sloth. Literally, a Krampus run. If Krampus not was a way to scare kids, the Krampus sloth, which isn't tied to a specific day, was a way for grown men to blow off steam while probably still scaring the kids. I I would want to be, like, emancipated immediately. Like, (laughs) fuck my parents. That's fucked up. Well, these people were dressed as Krampus probably running through the street, whether it was their parents or not. So these kids saw it. And it probably was terrifying. Yeah. Let's see. Austrian men would get drunk and run through the streets dressed as the fearsome creature. Like Krampus not, the Krampus sloth tradition continues to this day. It's kind of like the, um... The, like, high heel run in D.C. Mm -hmm. You know? He is also known as the Christmas Devil. Love it. Because he is part demon. So there is some Halloween in Christmas. Ooh. Belsnickel. Belsnickel. Belsnickel is a male character from southwestern German lore who traveled to the United... Oh, I hate this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I know him. I hate Belsnickel. (laughs) He is a dick. He stood me up for my last (laughs) dinner date with him. Go. He took a shit. On my, <laughs> he took a shit on my plate and left. <laughs> oh man, he's a dick. Yeah, he's a Belsnickel. He's a Belsnickel. Anyways, Belsnickel is a male character from G- southwestern German lore. He traveled to the United States and survives in Pennsylvania Dutch customs. He comes to children sometimes before Christmas, wearing tattered old clothing and raggedy fur. 
Bell Snickle carries a switch to frighten children and candy to reward them for good behavior. Traditionally, he visits homes on Christmas Eve and children have to perform a song for him. He then throws some sweets on the floor as a reward, but will beat them with a stick if they they grasp the sweets too quickly. So basically these kids are like... He's putting... These He's kids like are like baiting um, them. He these kids are like Amish strippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's like the only people who believe in him anymore is the Pennsylvania Dutch. <laughs> They're Amish children strippers. And he's like, you don't get money, you get fucking candy, and if you suck, I'll hit you with the switch. Yeah. No candy for you. <laughs> in modern visits, the switch is only used for noise. And to warn children, they still have to be good before Christmas. Oh, God. Then That's all, so many of them say that shit. Then all the children get candy. <laughs> then all the children get candy because that's fair. Right. It's like so crazy. So the, so it starts from the beginning of these traditions where they're like extra fucking brutal. Yeah. To like the middle where it's like, all right, you need like a scare tactic for your kid. Okay. To like, everyone gets presents. Everyone wins. There's no winner. There's no loser. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, with my kids. you sounded like who? Oh, no. Are you going to say, like, Trump or something? <laughs> I knew it. That's not what I meant. But I'm saying. It's tremendous. It's, it's, it's amazing. Everyone's tremendous. Everyone's amazing. Everyone's great. This is the bigly Christmas. Like, like, no one's a winner. No one's a loser. But <laughs> what I meant is, I think... Sometimes there has to be a winner or a loser. I agree. Why do we have to change it? Like the that? 2020 version is like, there's a <laughs> stick in the tree. Yeah. And he just stands next to the tree and hands you candy. Hands you candy. He tells you Merry Christmas. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay. So he doesn't scare you at so all. So he's not a fucking monster. And now you're a spoiled brat because <laughs> none of... There's no, like, fear of anything. Because the monster gave you yeah. candy. Exactly. The guy that was a monster 400 years ago just gave you some mm-hmm. candy. <laughs> exactly. That does. That did bug me about every fucking single one of those that I read. I was like, but it's okay because now he's Santa Claus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now there's only Santa Claus, and there is no boogeyman. <laughs> so these all he's started not out. Make the Amish kids strip. So they. That. So all of these creatures of Christmas are boogeymen. They're all designed to scare kids into being good. That's all their purpose is. But that doesn't work when you're like. You know what? He's just going to give you candy no matter how bad you are. Right. That doesn't fucking work. You get a dirty potato, but I'll still put some chocolates in your mood. Like- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's so frustrating. <laughs> All right. So this this next monster is called Necht Ruprecht. He is a companion for Father Christmas. Often seen dressed in a brown robe, he is fairly... He is a fairly recent character, being only a mere 300 years old. Noob. (laughs) Traditionally, he quiz children to see if they can pray, and if not, he beats them with a sack of chimney ashes. That doesn't sound too But now, he just pets their little heads. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now he gives them sweet kisses and cuddles. (laughs) You, You get a stuffy and a cuddle. He is also said to leave a stick on St. Nicholas Day for parents to beat their children with the next morning. So this guy is like fucking the best uncle ever. He's the scariest uncle ever. Sometimes you need a little scare in your life. (laughs) Okay. Let me hear you say it. He's from Finland. Mm -hmm. So it's not Julepuki. Julepuki. I can tell you that much. I like Julepuki. I do too, but I'm pretty sure that's not how it's pronounced. But I don't know any other way to pronounce it. So we'll say Julepuki. Let's call we'll it. pretend he's French. Or Thai or something. <laughs> Julepuki. All right. All right. Why? Why Julepuki? Is now a fun and mythical creature. Similar to Santa Claus. It's certainly fun to say his name. <laughs> certainly a tongue twister. <laughs> Similar to Santa Claus. He used to be extremely terrifying for Finland's children. With Satanta... Say Oh my god, you got Santa on the brain. Satantic. She said Satantic. I love that. That Richard Lale would be so proud. Satantic instead of Santa. With Satantic. 
tannic horns and hooves. 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 Oh, there's my stomach again. Was that your stomach for real? Yeah, it was. Hey, go hey. I thought it was the water running. It might as well have been. In the paps. It's my, it's my gas moving through the paps. <laughs> and dressed in tight red, tight red leather pants. Oh, shoot. With, Richard Lale would love oh this. Oh, my God. I need to, like, clip this, and we need to uh, send we're it to him. tagging Richard in this. He's going to fucking love this. He'll probably even tell me the right way to pronounce well, it. Well, I fucking love you, Richard. Wh- Richard Lale. Richard Lale Lillard. With satanic horns and hooves, and dressed in tight red leather pants with a fur-trimmed red leather coat, the billy goat would enter the homes of good and bad children and leave presents for the good. You don't really want to know what he did to the bad children, but it involved beating them until they were bleeding. Well, thanks for telling us anyway. Right. And he quite enjoyed it. There are many similarities to the now-beloved Santa Claus, including how the man-goat dressed that he had a workshop, plus the fact that he had a flying wagon pulled by reindeer or goat bucks. <laughs> what the fuck is a goat buck? I'm going to assume a male goat. Yeah. A.K.A. the Christmas buck or Christmas goat. goat. So I am dying to hear this one, dear. Oh. So I'm going to give a quick shout out here because this one was suggested to me. By another podcast. Oh, you fucking twat. (laughs) This one was suggested to me by the Universe Speaks podcast. God damn it. We love you guys. (laughs) Um, This is Zwarte Piet. Zwarte Piet or Black Pete accompanies Santa Claus during his Christmas rounds and gives cold to naughty children. This is the racist one. Yes, Mm -hmm. but I have a comment on that. Me too. So this legend from Belgium and the Netherlands takes a darker turn for particularly naughty children who do not heed Zwarte Piet's warning. Like every other fucking monster right? Christmas. <laughs> the story goes that both Sinterklaas, the Dutch version of Santa, and Zwarte Piet live in Spain and cross the ocean to deliver gifts to the Dutch children. The nice ones get presents. The really naughty ones get dragged back to Spain by Zwarte Piet and are forced to work in the coal mines for all of eternity. It is a Dutch tradition to dress as Zwarte Piet, complete with a black face at Christmas time, a practice that has come under growing criticism for being racially offensive. He is now called Chimney Pete. But they, what I think he was supposed to look like was someone that worked in the coal mine. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like, you know, they should have probably done like black blush and shit like that, you know. But over time, they just, they wore a black wig. They painted their face, not even like brown. Like it was was black. black. Mm -hmm. Like everything was black, black. And I don't know. A, I feel like it could have been trying to be like, they just came out of a coal mine. They're covered in soot. Mm -hmm. Or B, at the time, black, black, black meant evil. You know, because he was the counterpart of Santa, maybe. They think historically that because of where that story actually came from. Yeah. And the people that were there at that time, Mm -hmm. they think that the character was actually Moorish. I don't know what that means. the Moors at that time were black people. Oh, okay. But the thing is, they don't know for sure. Like, there's right. no, like, it's a fucking, like, right. story. But now. It's a fairy tale. Right. But now the whole <laughs> world is like, you're white people putting on, putting black on your face Ugh, and wearing wigs. Right. So now it's the whole, you're racist. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I can see how it's, how people could think that, but I could also see the other side where it's like, it was misconstrued as that. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, either way. Since he's now called Chimney Pete, I'm assuming he was supposed to be, like, soot-covered mm-hmm. and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But either way, he's the bad guy and Santa's the good guy. Right. Just like every other story. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to go over real quick, because I didn't know this. I've never heard of Epiphany before. So Epiphany, for Christians around the world, the official end to the Christmas holiday occurs on January 5th. It's known as Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know that. So the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas... 
starts on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't end until January 5th, which That's is 12 Olsen's days birthday. later. Mm-hmm. January 5th? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the only reason I knew that. So his birthday is Epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you fucking know this? Because <laughs> it's my son's I birthday. I never... So I grew up... We all grew up with the song The 12 Days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense. There's 25 fucking days before Christmas in December, you know? So this was really cool because as I'm looking through these monsters, I keep seeing the word epiphany. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I went to Catholic church. I probably wasn't paying attention. You know. You? What? <laughs> yeah. You know. Who'd have thunk? I, it took me three times to pass my saints exam to get confirmed and then I was out of that bitch. Right. But <clears throat> after that, I don't know. But so it's interesting to me because the 12 days of, you know, like during the Halloween season, they have shows that are like the 13 days of Halloween. Yeah. And it's like 13 days before Halloween, like leading up mm-hmm. to it. And I always assumed the 12 days of Christmas was like 12 days leading up to Christmas. Yeah. But no. Christmas season for them started Christmas Day and then it went to January 5th, which I didn't know. So now you know. That's something y'all know now. When you listen to that song on the first day of Christmas, that's actually Christmas Christmas Day. Christmas Day, yeah. Yeah. So we all learned a little something today, or I did, if you already knew. (laughs) This is one of my favorite episodes. One, because it's 100 proof. It is definitely 100 proof, and some editing will definitely have to be done. (laughs) Two. 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 Dose. Because we're talking about Christmas and monsters. Well, yeah, it doesn't get better than that. Literally. I literally don't want to talk about, like, the happy elves. Like, what is there? There's no story there. I don't know. This fruit flies back. He's right. Where'd he go? He was, like, right. I don't know. If he goes in my mouth, I'm going to be very upset. Did you hear that, guys? Yeah. A fly goes in her mouth. She's going to be pissed. So hopefully after editing, this is going to be a fucking awesome episode and you guys will know a little bit more about Christmas monsters. Hope you guys like it as much as we did. I had so much fun. La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs>